When you and I seek the larger story of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, our personal life stories work at their highest level. We position ourselves for the higher design we crave deep down. A key part of this quest is meaningful connections in the body of Christ. Welcome to Jesus Smart, the podcast. The belief here is that Jesus has the best information and wisdom for our lives. There's smart and there's Jesus Smart. See the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com. This is episode 12. Ronald Smith and I sat down in a Panera last Thanksgiving and recorded what you're about to hear. So you may hear some faint, faint Christmas music in the background. But that's okay. This is Christmas in July, the release date for this episode. I'll introduce Ronald. We have a strong background as friends and ministry colleagues as we go to this conversation. A big part of his life message, his life quest, is the kingdom of Christ as expressed through kingdom relationships. Kingdom currency flows through kingdom connections. In this conversation, we'll discuss creating a pathway to personal life design set within the larger story of the design of the body of Christ. We'll talk about the ecclesia, gathering together to experience the dynamic of body life under the headship of King Jesus. Many who follow Christ have never experienced this, probably most. We'll also discuss the explosive power of koinonia, one accord, relating together in unity, caring for others, over and over in the book of Acts, which is a history of the very early church, we see that Koinonia is the landing strip for the power of the Holy Spirit. He rests upon Koinonia. And there's more. Here's my conversation with Ronald Smith. Okay, I am super excited to be here today with a, a great friend, Ron Smith, and we are going to be talking about some things that I think you are going to find interesting and challenging and applicable applicable to your life uh, about the kingdom of God and about the church of Jesus Christ. I would just like to begin, Ron, with a scripture out of Ephesians 1, and then I'll introduce Ron. Ephesians chapter 1, this is out of the Message Bible, which is a um, sort of a hyper-paraphrase, but at times it really helps. At the end of Ephesians 1, uh, Paul is talking about Christ energy, and he says, all of this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule, and not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all has the final word on everything. Now, at the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. This is the part I was thinking about, Ron. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and by which he fills everything with his presence. And we are just in this Jesus Smart podcast, we are looking for the activity of Christ, what he is doing, and the edges that the Holy Spirit is pushing on. 
Ron is visiting from Florida. We're sitting in a Panera. How, how are you doing, Ron? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Oh, yes. Ron is a great friend. And, I, and, and, and let me just try to give you something about his background. He's been involved in local church ministry for about 30 years in, in leadership levels, small groups, eldership, different types of leadership levels. He's also been involved in the church uh, professionally, if we could say, on staff and, and working in the local church. His, his degrees, uh, he has bachelor's degrees, including uh, Bible and another degree, including theater. He's into drama and theater. And at the master's level, he has studied uh, pastoral ministries. He's been involved in teaching at the collegiate level and involved in uh, as an academic dean as well. He's a great student, a great a great person of research, and, and you're going to catch that today. But um, this is somebody that's loaded. Ron Smith, you are loaded. I, I appreciate you. His beautiful wife, Shirley. She's a counselor. They live in Florida now. Uh, yeah, we have this opportunity today to connect here at Panera. How are you doing, Ron? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Oh, yes. It's a little cool. <laughs> it's a little cool uh, from Florida. Now, people who, you know, translocate to Florida, they uh, they like to joke joke with us when they come back. Tell us what's on your heart. You were sharing with me some of the things you're, you're researching and studying uh, as, of, as of recent about the kingdom and about the local church. You know, even if you do not attend church, you know, not everybody attends church. You know that, Ron? Even believers. That's true. There's many. And I, and I recently, recently heard a statistic, Ron, which is saddening and uh, alarming. Uh, they were saying, uh, this was a pastor. He's well-connected. He's well-researched. He was telling us that 60% of Americans now, there's nothing really you can do to get him to church. You can't put enough lights up. You can't get enough smoke going on stage. You're, you can't, they, don't, they just don't care. Quality worship, there's just something that has happened. Maybe they've been hurt or offended or just, of course, many people just are not concerned about spiritual things, I guess, but 60%. So all the other churches are sort of targeting the 40, trying to get them in the doors that way. But Ron, what's, what's happening in your heart right now and in your mind as you, as you study some things and, and what edges do you feel the Holy Spirit's pushing on? Well, lately I've been uh, studying Paul and his, his uh, position on uh, the kingdom of God and uh, interacting in church. It's uh, very interesting, um, Paul's viewpoint. Uh, you know, if you go into the Pauline Corpus and study the 13 uh, letters mm -hmm. that he wrote to the young churches uh, that uh, he established, you uh, you notice that there's uh, many one another's that he that he says, you know, love one another, right. serve one another, you know, esteem one another. For Paul, kingdom the kingdom involves interaction. It's it's close knit. It's hearing God together, listening to God together, ministering one to another helping one another to uh, attain what the Lord has for them as an individual, right. but also what the Lord has, has for the church as a, as, a, as a local body and even as a corporate body. It's very interesting, his output. There are other cultures in the world that are more community-based or like highly relational culturally. And when the church comes into those, into those cultures, they might have a, an easier time in developing these, these one another relationships in the West and in America, historians tell us in America, there's this tradition of, of, of the rugged individual, you know, the pioneer, the entrepreneur, the, the person who goes out and, you know, homesteads. And, and, and we carry this sense of rugged individualism in us in the American context. It seems like we have more work to do relationally. Would you would you say that's true? Yes, we do. As the American church? Uh, well, the, you know, we, were, we, talk, we were talking earlier, even the concept of gathering together, the, uh, the term ecclesia for the church meaning a, a gathering of, gathering together of, of uh, people, that was a concept that was even uh, mm. before the early church. Yeah, the Greeks. As a matter of fact, um, mystical religions 
use the word ecclesia to refer yeah. to the gatherings. And the what does gatherings. it mean, a, a, a called out assembly or gathering? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but Paul takes it a step further. Okay. Paul brings, it, brings in a spiritual dynamic where there is uh, this sense of uh, hearing God together, listening to the Holy Spirit together. And so the, the, it wasn't just a gathering of people um, for the purpose of having a service. It was a gathering of people for the purpose of experiencing the dynamic of brotherhood. Yeah. The real koinonia. Now, do you feel that, like, can I say it? I, I heard somebody say that kingdom currency runs on connections. Mm. What, what do you think of that phrase? That is powerful. That is powerful. And we need, to, we need to discover more ways to connect together. Well, yeah, we, we have to be intentional, don't we, about building relationships. And you know what? There's an, you can be a Christian and be, quote, unquote, heaven bound and have an ache in your heart if you are not well connected in the body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Now, now, what do you say, Ron, for people who have been like, who have tried church or have been involved in churches, but have somehow been, I don't know, hurt or frustrated or disillusioned in some way? Um, what do you say to them? Well, uh, first, you need to look past that. And only God can help you to do that. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Uh, the second step, I would think, is to um, pursue relationships in the church. You know, um, there's been studies about how many friends you can have that are actually close friends in your life. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know, if you have two or three best friends in your life, yeah. you are a rich person. Yeah. Uh, so you, in my idea of, a, of, of a, that type of friend is, uh, we call them, Shirley and I call them two in the morning friends. Two in the morning. Uh, it, it means that whatever is going on in my life, if I need you at two in the morning, right? if that phone's going to ring at two in the morning, you're going to be there for me. Right. That's a rare thing nowadays. Because it everybody is. seems to be going, you know, their own way. Yeah. But uh, to have that kind of a commitment, and I think the uh, w- one thing that helps us to do that in the body of Christ is small group process. Okay, small, small group, group connections. presents a platform for relationship development. These are groups like, what, 4, 6, 12 people that regularly meet and um, have opportunities to sort of update each other, what's going on in their lives, and maybe worship together, relate, pray for each other. You know, you, you need to be well-connected with a few people, a cluster of people that want you to win yes. in life. Yes. They actually want you to win. Somebody and will, in your corner. Yeah. They will fight for your dreams. And, Ron, should church be not just something that we attend to survey a vision of a local church, like a quote-unquote house vision? You'll sometimes hear that phrase. Or should it also be a place where people bring their own individual stories, their individual dreams and aspirations, and it's catalyzed there? You're connected with people that want you to win. Your, your spiritual gifts are awakened. I want to say it should be both that, shouldn't it? Both a corporate vision as well as people finding their own little North Star in life and, and going for it. Exactly. And that's why you've got to connect outside of the uh, meeting. You know, I was thinking about the, uh, the church service format over the years. And it's been said that it's, it's the, uh, the active few ministering to the passive many. <laughs> So you have you have a you have a few on the platform that uh, are active, and you have the many in the pew that are inactive, so oh, watching, no. yeah, uh, like uh, like they were at a theater or something. Yeah, very passive. And, yeah. And so you don't you know when you're looking at the back of somebody's head, you don't have relationship formation with that. Yeah. So you, outside of the church service, you have to um, you have to do things together. Are you suggesting that BIC like butt in chair is not kingdom? Just that. <laughs> What I would do when I was when I was a leader in the church, 
and I had to set up chairs. The pastor would, would give us a project. Remember those days, Brian? Yeah, setting up chairs. Give us a sure. project, and, and maybe we, we had to set up chairs in the gym for a special event. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, got to so have chairs the, and tables. The task was, you know, we have to set up these 500 chairs. Yeah. What I would do is I would, I would find a couple brothers that I really didn't know that well or that I thought maybe these guys would be good in relationship together. And Pull them to in on another. It. Yeah. And so I would call them and say, hey, how about set, help me set up? For me, it wasn't the setting up of the chairs that was important. Right. That was just a necessary thing we had to do. Now, tell us about the word koinonia. I mean, we haven't discussed this word this morning, but I know it's a word that probably carries a lot of meaning for you. What does it mean? Fellow, it's a New Testament word, which means like fellowship or union, right? Yes. It seems to me, if you look at like the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit seems to fall on koinonia. Wherever koinonia is cultivated and expressed, the Holy Spirit is there on top of it in power. Is that right? Yes. And I, I, I almost want to say there are like measures of the Holy Spirit's activity that we will not experience without creating this landing strip of koinonia connection. Yes. Yeah? Um, what, what do you think about that's that? That's all over the New Testament, and especially in Paul's writings. And what he does is he takes the concept of koinonia, and he says, look, uh, we're brothers. There's a brotherhood. Uh, you're, you're, uh, he uses the metaphor of family quite a bit in his writings. And the idea of, fam- when the idea of family is we're, to, we're close, we're there for one another, right. we help one another, we, uh, we serve one another, we bless one another. We're, you know, family is it. You know, blood, blood is thicker than water, right? And so yeah. this, this idea for Paul was that the blood of Christ mm-hmm. is what knits us together in Koinonia. And so we are family. And when you start looking at people like uh, in that, in that, through that set of lens, then you, um, you start to care more. And yeah. when you start to care more, you please God. Because when you, when you care about somebody else more than yourself, that's walking kingdom. Yeah. You know, I think of the verse in Philippians 2 that says, you know, don't only be concerned about your own interests, but also the interest of others. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it's not saying that you're not concerned about your own interests. It, it's saying don't merely be concerned about your own interests, but also the interest of others. Now, when you do that, I think it positions you to for your own interest to flourish at a higher level. Exactly. When, when we're when we're um, relating in that way. Let me just tell your listeners, if, if you want a blessing in your life today. Go on a go on a three or four day fast and add up the money you would have spent on food <laughs> and go to the grocery store and buy buy a sack of groceries with the money you would have spent on feeding yourself and take it to somebody that's hurting. Yeah. And drop it on their front porch. You will experience a blessing in your man like you haven't had in years. See, that's something you can do right now to experience personal revival, right? Yes. You can initiate little things like that that are based on kingdom principles. And if you just activate them, you know, you could cry out to God and say, Lord, revive me, you know, just drop in and waiting for it to somehow drop on your head. But if you just activate what he's already said to do, right? Exactly. You will you will catalyze personal revival in your life. And you know what? I, I would just really let me just insert this, Ron. I would love to encourage someone to pray and beg God to connect you for this season in your life. Beg him in faith to connect you with the right people in the kingdom. And if you get those things set in place, 
uh, just like the verse we read in Ephesians, uh, the church is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. The issues of your life will start aligning, I believe. There's work to do, and there's other things you got to do to make those issues work. But if you put Christ's kingdom first and, and his church first, right, these things will be added to you. Now, tell us about the church, Ron. Is it Was the kingdom here before the church? Did the kingdom birth the church? This is what I believe, but correct me if I'm wrong. All right. <laughs> I'm in your class right now. The kingdom existed before the church and the kingdom birthed the church. And now the kingdom is being channeled or flowed through the church. Right. Jesus in Matthew 16 talked about the church and he talked about the keys of the kingdom. What do you think about that? Well, the genius of the gospel is that God lives his life through us, mm-hmm. which could only happen through the new birth. Right. When he paid the price for our sins to open up a door for us okay. to come into a relationship with him. And then uh, he entered into us by form of, by the form of his spirit, mm-hmm. and he lives his life through us. And so, uh, when you look at your your life in that in that respect, that I'm a, not only a representative of God, I'm not only his ambassador, but I'm also his emissary. He 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 actually manifests himself through me. But it's it, I only provide a little a little tiny part of the corporate. So when when I I listen to God and I connect with God and you Brian do the same thing and then we're together, we have the opportunity for uh, something wonderful to happen. I would just like to encourage you. I mean, I know you have aspirations about like marriage, family, uh, other things in your life, career projects you're working on, things you want to see happen, your home, you know, your car, everything. I mean. The Lord is concerned about these things, but as we prioritize and put at the center his kingdom and really his church, which we believe the kingdom has given expression to, it is the chief or central way of God's activity, right, in the earth. As we prioritize that, we, we position ourselves for these other things to become beautiful and fruitful yeah. in, our, in our lives. I can't emphasize enough this morning. Brian, the importance of the of the togetherness concept in the body of Christ. Okay. If you're if you're attending church right now somewhere and you're not involved, get involved. Yeah. Get involved where you're at and blow. One of the one of the, one of the things that, that the Lord led me to years ago was to get a degree in theater so I could start uh, you know theater production companies and do quality plays in churches. And right. As you know, we, we did do that. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed in that was that when you have the cast come together the people that you know maybe are in a christmas play and they come together to rehearse for two or three months ahead of that Mm -hmm. and uh, we sit around and eat pizza after the after the rehearsal and talk and share and interact uh that involvement that getting to know puts you in a place where you're connected i was uh watching uh watching the news the other day and they said that 22 people a day that are veterans that have been in, in war and have come back to the United States. Hmm. 22 people a day commit suicide in this country hmm. that are veterans. We're losing 22, an average of 21, 22 people Not a just day to natural death, to but to, to, to suicide. And I would venture to say their biggest problem is that they're alone. They're alone. They're not connected. If they had somebody that could that could help them get through, you know, the post-traumatic stress syndrome or whatever whatever it is, I would I would venture to say that most of them feel alone, disconnected, helpless. Uh, I'm glad that the Veterans Administration is working to, to speak to that. Yeah. 
uh, because that's a real problem. Yeah, you're more prone to depression, right, and to mental illness if, yeah. if, if you're just isolated. It's the same principle. In any walk of life, sure. it's the same principle. You don't have to be a military vet to, to, to be susceptible to that. Yeah, you know, sin as strange as everything, doesn't it, Ron? It, it, it destroys and disconnects everything. Us from God, us from each other. You know, Paul said that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's committed to us the word of reconciliation, which means to put things back together again, not only vertically with God, with people and ourselves, but horizontally with with one another, right? Right. Sin denigrates and just fragments everything and destroys it, but Christ reconnects it and rebuilds it. I think you're making the case here, Ron, that we need to be, you're, you're talking about this word together, realizing that to live your best life, to live your highest life, to really discharge your your story in life, you need to be connected with people to do it, right? Yes. And when you do that, uh, you have the ability, you put yourself in a place where you can hear from God together, not just as an individual, but together, see things together. One time in, uh, in, uh, when I was teaching at uh, World Harvest, I, t- I was teaching a pastoral leadership class, and I was talking about the topic of being able to see in the Spirit. Hmm. There's a seeing, and then there's really seeing. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Those are two different dimensions, seeing and then really seeing. And what you have to do as a leader is you have to have the ability to really see, really see people, really see where they're at, so that you can reach them where they're at and help them. If we could see together when we meet as brothers and sisters in Christ, if we could see together, hear together, um, and it moves us into a greater a greater dimension of that koinonia. And how you see, I mean, that is your worldview. Whatever, how, however you see things is going to be how you live. It'll, it'll be the ceiling, right, or the floor yeah. of how you live based on how you see, how you see things. And, and that is your reality. I like what you say. There is seeing, but there is really seeing. Wow. Paul prays that prayer. And, you know, I, I love the prayer in Ephesians 1 of asking for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the Lord and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, mm. you know, that you may know the hope of his calling and, and so forth. You know, you could have a prayer meeting with the Apostle Paul right now. He prayed that prayer to the Ephesians over them. He wrote it and millions of believers have been praying that prayer throughout church history. You could stream your prayers right now with those apostolic prayers like that. Ephesians chapter 1, check it out, verse 17. I like that, seeing and really seeing. And so together we see better, don't we? We see more. Have you ever talked to someone that saw the same thing you did and had a different reaction to it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, like, maybe they, they went somewhere to a concert or something, and, and uh, they you thought it was just so-so, and they thought it was great, and they had all these things they, they heard and saw that were just, yeah. their experience was better than you, even though you were both at the same place looking at the same thing. Yeah. And so... Uh, there's this, this, there's this uh, concept, this idea of um, it's not only what you see, but it's who you are that sees what you see. Who you are affects how you see, you're exactly. saying, right? And, and that is the whole idea of paradigm or worldview. And, you know, Jesus said something interesting. He talked in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about the eye. He said, if your eye is dark, your whole life will be filled with darkness, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's light, your whole life, your whole personal world will be filled with light. Your eye, it's like this way we see things, right? From the inside out, we need to be um, not blind, not walking with the blind, but walking with people who can see, see in the light. Now, Ron, um, you've been studying the first three centuries of church history, the ecclesia, the church, and are you feeling that 
Can you just touch on some issues that maybe we've lost from the initial church? The early church was very dynamic. Uh, it, it was under persecution for 300 years. Yeah. And it's interesting. When it was being persecuted and they were torturing and killing Christians for their faith, the church thrived better yeah. than when uh, the, uh, uh, the church became institutional and was accepted by the government mm -hmm. and the persecution stopped. It, it, it started to decline. You know, through Constantine, and and and, and it actually it ushered in a, a period that we call the Dark Ages. Yeah, the Dark Ages. A thousand ages. years of silence, right? Where the Holy Spirit said, "This isn't what my this isn't my idea of of, of the body of Christ." What five hundred to fifteen hundred, exactly. the so-called Dark yeah. Ages. And so then, of course, Luther came along, and um, he said, he said, "It's it's not the religion of man; it's a relationship with Christ." And I've often wondered what Luther uh, started with the mm -hmm. Reformation, right? And, uh, if, you know, as you study church history, even up to the present, there's been different movements, different periods where God has moved greatly in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, I came, I was uh, born again in the, during the charismatic renewal, actually the end of it. Mm -hmm. We would we would go to uh, Christian festivals on the sides of mountains, 20,000 people, and they'd be from every church you could think of. You'd see people in, in, in priest outfits and in, in clergy and different garments and and people in, uh, in in cut off shorts and a tank top, and we'd be worshiping on the side of a mountain. It was so, it was such a magical time. You know, I would encourage your listeners to do a little research on uh, on that those days back in the the uh, late sixties, early seventies, uh, yeah. even into the the late seventies, the Jesus Festival movement. You know, yeah. and then on, in the in the early eighties, another movement came on the horizon called the discipleship movement. All right. The discipleship movement was an exciting time because the focus then was on was on the things we're talking about today and, and developing the body of Christ. And um, then, of course, there were some extremes and it, 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 uh, it got into some errors. At the core of it, to be a learner, to be a developer of Jesus, right? An apprentice. Dallas Willard calls it an apprentice of Christ. So what other further restorations have you seen since that time to the discipleship movement and the... Um, of course, the charismatic renewal brings back the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? The, the, just, just a sense of spiritual renewal. We have the discipleship movement. And have there been further? Well, uh, the church has kind of uh, evolved into um, the uh, what they call the megachurch movement, mm -hmm. superchurch, and the idea that uh, huge, huge uh, assemblies and meetings. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that's okay. That's fine. I mean, there was big meetings in the Bible, but... Most of it was in houses. Most of it was a uh, uh, small group process. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, if it, you know, it's fine to be involved in a big meeting. They're great. They're motivational. It's exciting. But you really have to have something in your life that you can relate to and, and get to know people and get people in more. In I life. like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, that's why I've always been, as you know, all my whole life, I've been a, a proponent of the small group process. Um, uh, back in the early 70s, we have, remember the, we called it the cell group? Yeah, the and, cell group, yes, yeah, the cell yeah, of the human yeah. body. We used sure. to call it cell group, and people thought we had a, a prison ministry. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that cell. <laughs> the cell in the human body, oh no. Yeah, okay, well, prison ministry is good. You just don't want to be in that kind of cell, right? <laughs> um, and we just celebrated the 500th anniversary of the uh, Protestant Reformation, you know, October 31st, 2017. 500 years ago, 1517, October 31st, 30th or 31st, Martin Luther nailed those 95, you know, theses to the door yes. of the Wittenberg or Wittenberg, was it a castle or church or something? 
trigger the Protestant Reformation. There's some who say that the Protestant Reformation is still underway, that we're still being reformed and um, things are still like progressing and there's still edges that the Lord wants to, um, he's pushing on to, to um, for his ideal church that he has in mind, the ideal expression of Christianity. Let me ask you this, Brian. Is, do you think uh, with that direction that God is giving the church today, do you think it's possible that we could miss that on an individual basis? Oh, of course. So yeah. what are some things we could do to, um, to not miss that? Yeah, we better just start becoming, I don't know, I feel intentional and, and, and studying some things and praying. And if you ask the Lord to show you what is the ideal expression of the body of Christ, of the church, and connect me with it, I want to uh, give myself to it. And in that, your life is going to be blessed and prosper and the dreams that you carry will be realized as well, personally. Do you feel that way? I do. You know, even even something as simple as, uh, you know, praying for the meeting, praying for the for the uh, the leader that will be speaking, praying for the team that will be leading worship. Mm-hmm. It's something to, to touch the heart of a person. But if you can touch the heart of a person uh, spiritually, then you're going to connect. And then you're going to be, I always looked at going to church this way. When I go to church, I'm going to the meeting to see what what can I contribute? What can I give? Not what can I take away, but what can I deposit? You know, when you're in the song service, you look around and you maybe you see somebody that's been there for five years and, and they're always happy and cheerful and today their continence is low and you notice that. Yeah. You can stand there while you're worshiping and pray for that person and do something do something in the spirit realm. Right. To minister to that person. And it, it, it gives a, it gives us a, a whole new purpose for going to church. Church will work better for you with that approach. We're so consumer-minded, yes, aren't we? It's like we're market-minded or consumer-minded. What can I get? What discount can I get? What sale? You know, we're so consumer-minded, Ron, where, that, that we bring that into church and we sit and we, we, it's like we came, we sat, we saw, and we leave. You think of, your, of, of a good physical body, all the organs and systems that we have, it's, it's about operation. It's about work. Our, our physical body has to, all the elements have to, have to work to, in their function for your body to be well. And uh, that's the metaphor, right, that Paul uses to describe the, the body of Christ, the church. So, Ron, you're saying it's about togetherness. It's about connection. It's about, you know, the true sense of the ecclesia, the called out assembly. Uh, that was a secular term, but Paul and others used it. Jesus used it. In Matthew twice, Matthew 16, Matthew 18, uh, it's filled with higher meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Higher purpose. And we are called out together, and they would gather around a purpose. They would gather around deciding something, and they would meet in the gates of the city. I think it speaks of authority, Ron. I think that when believers are connected in clusters and in the ecclesia, there is authority to bind and to loose and to influence um, the it's, surroundings. It's sort of like this. When we do our part, uh, to connect to one another in the body of Christ. It's like God is saying, oh, great, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I want. Now yep. I can move and work through these people. I love it. You know, what the scripture says, whenever one or two, you don't there need 3,000. One or two are gathered together. There's power. Today, gathered together in his name. Yeah, there's there exponential. The what does that mean? That means when we're gathered together and we have sameness of mind, sameness of heart, and we genuinely care for one another, mm-hmm. That, that creates the channel. That mm-hmm. opens the door. 
it's, and, and, and it allows the conduit of the Holy Spirit to come down into our conversation, into right. our life, into our interaction. And into the world around us, right? Exactly. The world at large just surrounding us. I love it. There's. I appreciate you, Ron. I appreciate your life message. I know it's part of your life message, and I love it that you are um, not letting go when you are pursuing it, you know, in your study, in your practice, in your ecclesiology. I love it. Yeah. Ron, would you, would you close us in prayer today and just ask our less, uh, ask that God would uh, drive this message home to our listeners? Lord, we thank you for t- today that uh, we were able to uh, have this conversation about something that's so important, and that is the, the living reality of the body of Christ. So we're, right now we pray and we join hearts together to pray for you, uh, for you the listener, that you uh, would have the experience in your life that God wants you to have. We speak God's blessing on you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Uh, Amen. Amen. So do you have meaningful connections in the body of Christ? Ask the Holy Spirit to connect you. Make it a serious matter of prayer. He will place you in the body according to His design. Walk with people who can help you see more clearly, to enter more deeply into kingdom life. We believe the Holy Spirit is restoring the church. Align yourself with this Holy Spirit trend line. I appreciate Ronald Smith and his wife, Shirley. Thank you for your fidelity and steadfastness to the gospel of the kingdom. Keep going. One day, all the strings will be pulled together. So we'll live in the light and power of that day right now. Thank you for rating and reviewing and following this podcast. It helps others discover the content. Visit JesusSmart.com to see the show note page for this episode. I have a few suggested resources there for you to help you go a little deeper in this quest, building kingdom connections so that kingdom currents can flow. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. All the best until next time.